privilege of living in Rome. I was there to do studies on a, a doctoral dissertation, but it would sometimes happen that people would come and visit uh, Rome, and all the priests in the archdiocese would say, oh, there's this priest we have there, and he can give you a tour. And so I spent some time giving tours of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. Of course, you know that uh, St. Peter himself is buried beneath the altar of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. And at the front of the Basilica of St. Peter is an important relief. And it's the scene that is present in today's gospel where Jesus says to Peter, you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And in the scene, Jesus is giving Peter a gold set of keys. It's a marble relief, but the gold keys stand out. And once I was giving a tour, it should be acknowledged that these people weren't Catholics, but uh, I, I gave the tour and I explained, this is the scene from Matthew 16, and the woman said to me, she said, are those the real keys? <laughs> and I had to explain to her that there were no real keys but the keys were a symbol. And what are they a symbol of? Well, they're a symbol of power because those keys open a door. And what's that door? It's the door to heaven. You see, the power which Jesus gives to Peter and his church at this moment the power which he will give at the Last Supper as well. This is the greatest power on earth, greater than any other power in the universe, because this is the power to give eternal life. This is the only power capable of surpassing death. This is the power to declare something true on earth and have it be counted true in heaven. You see, Jesus' great desire and his great mission was to come to earth to save us from our sins so we could go to heaven. And you remember, even in Jesus' own lifetime, how, for example, the day when he was speaking at Peter's own house and the crowd was so great that they wanted to bring a paralyzed man for, to be healed and they couldn't get in, and so they went up on the roof of Peter's house, and they took the thatched hut away, and they lowered the man down into the center. And when Jesus saw the paralyzed man, he said to him, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees grumbled. They said, who can forgive sins but God alone? And they were right. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus, to prove that he was God, he said, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk? But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins, I say to you, rise and walk. And the paralyzed man got up and walked. You see, Jesus came to earth with this divine power, his own divine life, and he wanted to pour out this power on all of us so that we could receive the forgiveness of sins and his salvation. And this is the power that Jesus gives to his church. And it's the greatest power on earth. And how does this power come to you and to me? 
How does the church exercise the power of the keys? It's through the sacraments. When we baptize a child or an adult, sins are washed away and the divine life of God comes to dwell in them. When we give the sacrament of confirmation, the power of God's life himself, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in that person so they become witnesses to the kingdom of God. When we celebrate the Eucharist here at this altar, the body and blood of Jesus, which was poured out upon the cross, becomes present here. And the life of God comes to us. This is the power of the keys. It's the power that's exercised every time you go to confession. A place where anyone could go with the gravest possible sins and receive forgiveness from God himself, divine power. My brothers and sisters, what would we do without this power? What would we do without the church to give us this power? Do you see why Jesus founded a church? Because he wanted his saving power to be present throughout all of time. He wanted this saving power of the keys to reach you here today. And so he gave us apostles and their successors and he gave us priests and he gave us this power so that he could remain with us throughout all time through the sacraments. This is the incredible gift of the church. It's also a mystery for us because we know that the church is made up of human beings. We know that priests and bishops are human beings. In fact, one of the great sadnesses of our own day has been that we've seen the failures and sins of priests and bishops paraded before us. Perhaps no other generation is more clear about the humanity of their leaders. Well, actually, maybe not since the first generation. You know, there are very few things that are recorded in all four Gospels. You know, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Very few things are recorded in all four. Not even the institution of the Eucharist is recorded in all four Gospels. It's only in the three synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Things like the baptism of Jesus are recorded in all four. The death of Jesus on the cross. One of the things that's recorded in all four Gospels, the fact that Peter, on the night that the Lord was handed over, denied the Lord three times. It seems the one thing that the early church knew about their leader, wherever the Gospels were written in the different places in the Roman Empire, was that at the most important moment, he failed and he denied the Lord. Do you ever wonder why Jesus allowed that? Jesus even predicts that it will happen. At the Last Supper, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, 
The devil has demanded to tempt you, but I have prayed for you, and he says you will deny three times that you know me before the cock crows, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you come back, you must strengthen your brothers. The Lord predicts that Peter would commit a mortal sin, and he says, you're going to be tempted to do it, and I'm going to allow it to happen. But I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. You see, in mortal sin, we lose charity. Love is what fails. And we lose the life of God in us, but it's faith that brings us back to confession. It's faith that brings us back to God. And it seems the Lord wanted us to know throughout all time that the leaders of the church we're just as frail and weak as we are. And that, in fact, they need this saving power as much as we do. This is, in fact, the great gift of the church. St. Paul expresses it in his own writings when he says, We hold this treasure in earthen vessels so that we may realize the power comes from God and not from us. There's a famous story that's told, nobody really knows if it's true, but it's probably true. And that is that when Napoleon captured the Pope in the, uh, in the Napoleonic Wars, he said to the Pope, I will destroy your priesthood. And the Pope said to him back, you can't destroy the priesthood. We priests have been trying to do it for almost 1,500 years, and we can't destroy it because the life of God is here. The power of God is here. Brothers and sisters, there's no place else on earth where you can receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ the life of God, except at this altar. And when you come to realize that, in fact, this is the life of God, eternal life poured out for me, it changes everything. And it doesn't matter the weaknesses of the priests or the bishops. What matters is that we all, all of us together, need this life of God. And there's no place else to receive it except in Christ's church. And so all of us come like St. Peter did after the resurrection, aware of our own weakness and frailty, but aware there's no place else we can go. Only Jesus has the word of life, and only Jesus can give us salvation. And only through the sacraments do we receive the power of Jesus. So we come here to this altar to receive from the power of the keys the life of God poured out for us.